Denver's going to win the football game. Tatum drives down and throws it down. Wow. The throw rainbows it down the right side for Kyle Pitts. He's got it. He's there. Touchdown. Oh, my. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sports Bits podcast. And I think from this point on, we're going to change the name to the Ben Simmons podcast <laughs> because it seems like that's the only news that's coming out yes. right now. Um, oh, you know, I feel like we're doing like the Real Housewives of the NBA yeah. with this kind of stuff. But um, <laughs> it all centers around Kim Kardashian. Yeah, <laughs> oh, about, uh, Chloe Kardashian. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, um, oh, right now, no, because Book is dating her now. That's no, the point. Book's dating um, Kendall. Kendall, okay, Kendall, whatever. Kendall, Either way, that is not Kendall, what we're talking. That is not what we're talking Kendall. about today. Got a nice news segment for y'all. Going to uh, talk about some rookies, and then we'll talk about some team trends as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so uh, yeah, all right. Let's just jump right into it. All so right. right now, I think you probably want to take this one because again, yeah. this is about your team. I'm gonna take the lead on this again. one. So I think it was on Tuesday. Uh, sources came out that I think I think it was the Celtics that called up Daryl Morey asking about trade offers for Ben Simmons. And first, when I saw that, I was going to shit my pants. and like, I do not <laughs> want this man on my team. But, but, good news that Brad Stevens is a smart human being, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, they were talking about, like, who they want to train. They were like, I think Brad Stevens was trying to offer up Robert Williams and Peyton Pritchard and um, Marcus Martin and stuff. And then Darren Morey asked for Jalen Brown. And then... After that, Ben's, uh, Brad Stevens did the equivalent of, ha-ha, hang up the phone, <laughs> trade talks are done. Why would you ask for somebody who's basically untouchable for the Celtics? Mm-hmm. Trade talks ended. Yeah. So, and I'm happy because yeah. I didn't want to get rid of Jalen Brown. I don't want Ben Simmons. So, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think that's a good move for the team. Yeah, that's I all know. I'm say. The, the Sixers did say that um, pretty much any deal that would involve Ben Simmons going to Boston would have to include Jalen Brown. And I know, like you said, he's untouchable. Jason Tatum also pretty much untouchable. Uh, how about so. you give me Ben Simmons and four first-round picks? Maybe they'll consider it. But maybe even then, you know. And I was even thinking, like, assuming let's assume that Ben Simmons does go to Boston for whatever reason. I don't even know what that would look like. It would definitely in terms be, of yeah, like the, tr- the so the trade. Let's say <clears throat> let's just say hypothetically, this would obviously mm-hmm. not happen. But let's say it's Ben Simmons for Jalen Brown straight up. I feel like Ben in Boston. Just wouldn't work in general, you know. Marcus I just Smart would tear, tear him a new one. Absolutely. I, uh, here, uh, the thing with, for me, um, I, I think that it would definitely be odd for sure, um, and there would definitely be like a large period of um, like trying to figure out like all the chemistry. Yeah, the large adjustment. Yeah, period. there would be a large adjustment period, but um, I do believe that it would solve some of their issues with playmaking and trying to move the ball around. Mm-hmm. However, I think that it would take it would it would bring them to have like a lot of other stuff to be taken away as well. Like I mean, they would definitely not have as um, an as much of an offensive uh, focus or threat on the court if mm-hmm. it was if Jalen Brown it was to- it would totally, totally straight up totally yeah. shrink the floor for them. 100%. Um, yeah, it would absolutely shrink the floor for them. And I think that just like from a, a team perspective of like chemistry wise, I just don't see. The, cla- the, the clash of personalities between what Ben Simmons is doing right now, what he's mm. displayed, and what Marcus Smart yeah. is trying to do for this and team. And Ime Odoka would probably tear him a new one, too, yeah, I he's just, an insane Yeah, player. I just don't see that working at all. I agree. But um, like you said, play. yeah, Brad, Brad Stevens pretty much said no. No. You know, which is smart. <laughs> it's yeah, a- absolutely. 
Um, so. All right, so of course, like I said, you know, we're going to transition into something else about Ben Simmons. <laughs> but um, this is more on the Sixers side right now. Mm-hmm. So um, this whole thing with Ben Simmons has been going on since the summer, uh, or even after, right after the playoff series with the Hawks. Yeah. You know, it was a pretty rough ending for them. Um, and then Ben Simmons, you know, requested a trade. He wanted to get out of Philadelphia. He said he didn't want to play there anymore. Um, and then they brought him back. I know he missed training camp, right. but they brought him back. For, he voluntarily you know, skipped it. Yeah, so so oh. they, they brought him back, and then, um, you know, he was basically just adamant about not wanting to be a part of the team. Um, I know he got kicked out of that practice one time because he didn't want <laughs> to do some yeah. drill <laughs> or whatever. Um, so then on October 22nd, I know that Ben Simmons came to the Sixers organization and basically said he was not mentally prepared to play basketball right now because you know whatever happened between um you know him and the hawks with that series you know basically his whole like confidence was shaken um you know he didn't even want to shoot the ball so he came to them with some issues and they were willing to help um so they stopped finding him you know at the beginning of the season they were finding him for not showing up for practice and not playing in the opener but then he came to them with these issues they stopped finding him, but then once again on November fourth, I believe he missed the game with the Pistons. So they yep. started finding him again because he also failed to provide some sort of evidence about going to the team recommended doctor or the NBA Player Association. Just like uh, provided them know doctor. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. just really wasn't giving them any sort of information. Yeah. You left them completely yeah. in dark right now. So the fines resumed. So they're they're starting to find him again. Um, but on November 8th, on Monday, Ben Simmons did meet with the Sixers backed or approved, um, mm-hmm. you know, mental health specialist, uh, sports psychologist, whatever he was. So um, what I wanted to talk about is maybe is this a turning point for him? Is he going to finally, you know, kind of get off his high horse no. or whatever he's doing and no. decide that he wants to play no. good basketball? No. So you say no. No. You, <laughs> no. You're, not, you're not convinced at all. History says otherwise. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think that regardless of even if he gets traded or not, he's going to be having a backseat, like a far backseat role in this season. Mm. Um yeah. He just doesn't seem like I, I like to an extent. I uh, here I'll just take this and I'll hold it. Um, to an extent, I feel like that Ben Simmons is genuinely going through some shit and probably does need to take games off and maybe some practices and stuff. Mm-hmm. To the extent that he is, probably not. But but mm-hmm. I um, think what the Sixers are upset about is he's not telling them anything. Right. You know. So um, you know, I, d- I definitely think that you know a lack of communication is definitely hindering them. But I think that that would also ha- happen with another team. It might not be as uh, drastic because of clearly Ben Simmons holds a little bit more of a grudge with the Sixers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I, I think that he would ha- he would struggle throughout the, uh, the regardless uh, throughout the entire season. Um, you know, so I'm I'm with Makoto. I don't think that his attitude would change whatsoever, um, just based off of meeting with the medical teams. Um, um, I'm just gonna say this: I have a thumb sprain, and I'm way more willing to play basketball than he is. That's all fair. I'm saying. And I might be injured. This thing it might give myself permanent ligament damage. But you know what? I'd rather play yeah, basketball. Rather... Those things are definitely equal. Yes. You, know, you playing pickup basketball. <laughs> ben Simmons wanted to not play in the yes. NBA. But um. Yes. Point being that yeah. he needs more motivation. Actually, like, get himself fixed. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I, you know, I just don't, I don't think that meeting with, you know, mental specialists are going to help him drastically. He's ultimately the player, and he's got to choose on whether or not he's going to be able to, uh, he thinks that he's okay enough to play. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I think that it's going to be a long period of time before we see Ben Simmons even probably reach the court again. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see where it goes. Um, obviously, not like to the extent mm-hmm. of like, oh, he might retire, but like you know, he might. We might. We might not see him this season, which is pretty much what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, also, I'm I'm pretty much on the same boat with as you yeah. guys. I'm not really convinced that much. I want to see him. You know, get back on the court because I, I'm, I mean, I'm a Brooklyn fan. I don't really care about the Sixers Me at all. I'm actually a Boston you know? Celtics fan who hates the Sixers. Yeah, so we don't really care. But I feel like it definitely was like unfortunate, in my opinion, to kind of see like him just completely shut lose down. all. Yeah, like shut down mentally um, during that playoff series. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's just a little unfortunate. So it would be nice to see him back. But as of right now, I'm not super convinced. Yeah, it almost yeah. just like feels like you like dropped his love for basketball for like you know like yeah. out of thin air you exactly kind of came out of nowhere yeah it seems like yeah. he doesn't really want even want to play at yeah. all you know no. so like retirement i think would also be a little bit drastic but at yeah. this point it's like i mean does he even want to come back right right you know to any team yeah you no. know <laughs> no i saw my idea yeah and no. i i think a trade is pretty much out of the question as well the sixers don't want to part with him nobody else is able to offer a package that the sixers want um, you know, and that's partially, mostly on the Sixers, I think. They're asking way too much for him. What kind of baffles you know? me is just, like, why the Sixers hold him in such high regard, even though they're having such difficulties with him right now. Yeah, well, like, I, I would have I don't know why. very differently mm-hmm. two years ago. Like, two years ago, Ben Simmons, or a year ago, Ben Simmons, like, maybe I would have traded Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons, but not mm-hmm. to Right now, day. definitely not. Well, I mean, no. it's, like, his offensive skill set limit. Like, I think one of the things that... Um, he definitely has over a lot of players. He's a very good defender. Sure. And I yeah. think no matter where he goes, he's going to bring a solid defensive presence. Yeah. But right now, I mean, he's supposed to be a playmaker. He's 6'10". He's a point guard, and he can't shoot free throws. He doesn't even want to, you know, take mid-range shots, anything no. like that. And it seems like he doesn't want to work on it either. So, you know, that's a whole thing for sure. as well. So, all right. All right. Uh, last thing we're going to talk about for the new segment is uh, this Jokic ejection that we had on um, Wednesday. Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. Um, so this one's going to be quick. I really just wanted to bring it up because I thought it was absolutely ridiculous that you know Jokic was uh, trying out for the WWE in the middle of his in the <laughs> middle of a W uh, middle of an NBA game. Oh, it was Tuesday. Um, Tuesday. Oh. They were playing uh, the Heat, but either way, I'm sure that you guys have seen it. Jokic took a hit yep. from uh, from Markeith Morris, and then he retaliated pretty harshly. Um, you know, and this is his seventh career ejection right now. He's in his seventh season, so he's Hockey not. He checked him known, to the ground. Yeah, seriously, so. like absolutely bodied him. So he's not known to be, you know, a super aggressive person. But I know we did see something with the Sun series where he got ejected when he was chirping at Booker mm-hmm. as well. So um, I mean, really, what I just wanted to bring up is maybe are we seeing kind of a shift in? Jokic's um, attitude. attitude, yeah, for like the whole thing. Is this going to be like maybe a, you know a consistent issue now? Um, well, you know, I mean, it's only once. It's early in the season, sure, but right yeah. now, just these I'll two like, things are too close for me yeah. to. They are too close where I'm thinking like this um, may be an issue at some point later down yeah. the line. Yeah. I'll let James go first. Yeah, but uh, something quick to say after. Yeah, go. For, um, but um, for me personally, like uh, I don't see Jokic 
going towards a level of like DeMarcus Cousins where he's going to get, <laughs> you know, where where he might get like 15, 16 ejections in a season. Like, no. I don't see it becoming that difficult, no. like, you know, that drastic. Um, that was prime DeMarcus Cousins right there. True. Um, but uh, the. Punching the, people out, the sta- out of the stadium. The, the one thing that I will say he's is that I think that he's, <laughs> that Jokic is understanding the more aggressive attitude that he may have to take, especially as a bigger guy who is a little bit slower and a little bit undersized for his position. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I also think that he's noticing the rule changes and that he might be able to get away with a couple more fouls than he does recently yeah. or than he has in recent years, I should say. So um, I, I do think that he may be, you know, adding that to his arsenal and seeing how much he can get away with. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't see – I don't think Jokic is really, like, a malicious person like that. Yeah, I you don't know? see that at all. And not, and not that DeMarcus Cousins was either, but, you know, they, he definitely had he, more – He definitely of, wanted everyone to know his opinion. Exactly. You know, so. DeMarcus Cousins is a lot more outspoken Sorry, about that stuff. Was, you fucked up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> oh, I didn't want to say that. Yeah, uh, but uh, but um, yeah, no, I I, I just don't see yeah, I just don't see Jokic becoming that kind of a player. Um, yeah, I don't see it either. He's too skilled of a player to let it kind of waste away with his um, yeah. dickishness. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alright, we already screwed up already, so you know what? Yeah, who oh, cares? Um, um, yeah, you have anything to say? about I was that? gonna say I'm gonna say it for the team trends because I think that's also the reason because. The Nuggets are deceivingly good this year. They are seven and four, but there's a lot more I want to say because they've lost to a lot of good, a lot of bad teams. That's mm-hmm. all I'm gonna say. I'll save for the team trend segment yeah. uh, later. Um, so I also, okay. I also had a whole segment, uh, not a whole segment, a couple notes about what a Jokic suspension would look like for the Nuggets. But as of yesterday, I think it was, um, it's only a one game suspension, so it's not and really gonna matter. Got fined like fifty. Yeah, he got fined fifty thousand. I think Markeith Morris got fined forty thousand. Um, but basically, last thing I'm gonna ask about this is, do you think that because you, you guys both saw it? Yeah. yeah. So, do you think that what Jokic did? Do you think he retaliated too hard? No. Back on. No. No. Markeith Morris. No, no, you don't think so. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I I they think both that. Each other. Yeah, I think that Mark uh, Markeith Morris's um, you know, intentional contact um, was definitely more intentional than accidental. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he like that wasn't necessarily a, a play at going for the ball. He checked his shoulder. No, he was totally going for the yeah, ball. So Absolutely. yeah, so um I think. I, I think that Jokic's reaction may have may have been a little bit overreacted, but mm-hmm. yeah. do I think that his action was just just a hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I, no, know. I'm I'm with you on that yeah. as well. I mean Markeith Morris like he totally absolutely went for the body. He was not trying to play the ball at all. And, you know, I mean, he turned his shoulder into yeah. him. Um, Jokic, you know, definitely a little play bit clip right overreaction. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah we'll, play, we'll play the clip right yeah. there. Yeah. But um, a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah. But I think that, um, you know, I mean, it seems like it's almost going back to, like, 90s basketball right now. You know, well, that's what I'm we're, we're seeing. Yeah. We're seeing a lot yeah. of, like, just harder, harder plays, aggressive plays, stuff um, like that. Playing so. through contact. Yeah, playing yeah through contact. absolutely. So that that's going to be interesting. And the last thing I want to say before we move on is that Jokic's brothers – or have bought tickets oh, for the next yeah, heat they game. are in on And this. they are front row, so if anything does happen, <laughs> they're just going to jump onto the court and like, actually 
back of him. Let's, let's throw a picture of them up there as well oh, wait, because I don't know if you guys have seen them, find, but no. they are scary looking dudes. If I can find a picture dudes. of them like, in the they stands, are, like, like towering over people, like yelling dude, they at are, Marquise Morris, They are scary find. looking people. But yeah, that's like all all right. I want, that's the last thing I want to say. Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's gonna be, be interesting for, so I think, November, November 29th is when the Nuggets play in Miami, definitely watch out for that. So yes. we might see something crazy go on. Yeah. Might see another Malice of Jimmy Palace. might come out. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. That's all I'm going to say. Let's end it with that. All right, so moving on from that, uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do a little segment called Rookie Watch. We like to call it Rookie Watch. Uh, we're going to look at some of these rookies that we've had throughout this season. There's a lot of them, but we're going to talk about some of the people who have lived up to the hype and maybe a few who have surprised yeah. you know, and have done something that maybe we weren't expecting at all. So, um yeah. Either you want to take yeah, I'll take Yeah, go for it. All right. All right, so first we're going to talk about Jalen Green. Um, I, I will start off by saying that I have him on my fantasy team, so I'm happy that uh, he's doing well this season. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, he's doing really good um, in Houston right now. Um, he's averaging uh, 14.5 points per game with three, re- three, re- three rebounds and three assists. Yep. Um, and he's averaging uh, 33 minutes per game, which is uh, pretty good for a rookie. Um, starting out, yeah, starting out pretty strong. He's starting all of his games as well. 100%, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he started all of his games. Um, you know, he's he's been playing really good, um, very aggressive on the court, um, and making his presence known as a rookie. Um, he's definitely a, a, one of the one of the guys that we're going to see as a big uh, rookie of the year contender. Um, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was um, in the conversation or ended up getting the rookie of the year uh, mentioned. But yeah, he's he's been balling out. I'm very happy to have him on my fantasy team. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if you guys have like actually watched him play or seen it's some of the highlights yeah. and stuff. It's pretty it's pretty crazy. I mean, he's got a great touch on the ball. Uh, pause. <laughs> But um, he's got a really nice handle. He has a nice shooting stroke. So, I mean, this guy is going to be a problem in the league for a long time, I think. So what I wanted to ask is, do you think that Houston has found their franchise player in Jalen Green? Yes, I think they might have. Um, I think that they're they're very similar to – sorry, Makoto. I think that they're – I would say that the best way to describe them is that they're very similar to Cleveland, uh, but it could end up working out. I think that Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. are definitely going to be the franchise players for Houston. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it was very similar into the way that they had drafted them like Cleveland did with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. Um, obviously, right now, that's kind of working out a little shaky and not, you know, really going great for Cleveland right now. And but I think that for Houston, it, it could work out. Miscus, mm-hmm. so let's just put that and that, there. too. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, dealing, yeah, yeah dealing with injuries and yeah. whatnot. And, uh, yeah, I was going to say that KPJ is not playing as hot, but Jalen Green is definitely picking up the slack. So they're playing as a duo should. Like, if one person yeah. is down, the other person should be picking and up I the think, slack. And I think the way right now with KPJ, the way he's playing, I think they just put him in the point guard role yeah. this year you know he's starting point guard so he's averaging like six turnovers a game yeah. which he's is not, insane he's not a point but guard by the way I'm, truly he's a true shooting guard in he, he is eye. he is a shooting guard but right now they put him in uh they put him in the point guard role and honestly watching him play he has the vision for it mm-hmm. just the actual execution of his passes are you know something that i, I mean, think yeah, he he's gonna to learn on his vision. it's yeah. gonna he's gonna learn for That's sure i mean he's only 21 Jalen green's 20 mm-hmm. you know so these guys are gonna be issues for a long time and right now houston has a nice young core yeah sitting there they so have awesome. the youngest team in the league i think right now we're one of like top top five youngest teams right. in the league yeah. speaking of young cores let's move on to the next guy evan mobley he is working with a young core of of course sexton garland and jared allen 
amazingly, he's playing the four, and he's playing really well as a four, surprisingly, getting 33 minutes a night, which basically means they're playing him most of the night in conjunction with Jared Allen, which is surprising because you wouldn't expect two seven-footers on the court at the same time. I knew that was one of my reservations when Cleveland drafted Evan Mobley. I was going to say how, because they also had just given Jared Allen... Uh, max extension, mm-hmm. so I was kind of concerned as how that was going to work out. Yeah, but it they must have saw something, especially him. since they also traded away Javale McGee to the Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they lost their backup point, uh, not point guard, uh, backup center. center. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm so surprised that um, it was working because again, like my yeah, exactly. I had all those thoughts, but also Mobley was not really a good stretch for, from my understanding, when watching him in college. I mean, he's definitely a NBA ready player when I saw him in college. So he was not going to like take time to, he doesn't need time to develop. Mm-hmm. But my understanding, he wasn't, able, he wasn't good at shooting threes. His three point. Yeah. I mean, right now he's only, five. he's only shooting one, one, about two, three, three attempts a game. Yeah. So he's definitely not a stretch for, I don't think that's what they were necessarily looking for, <laughs> but the man is definitely he's a defensive. Athletic. He's a defensive presence. Yeah. He's that, athletic. He can move mm-hmm. like he's very nimble. He, for a seven-footer. Absolutely, and he can so. switch. He can switch because they have Jared Allen locking down the paint because he's a true shot blocker for sure. Yeah, and then now Evan Mobley being able to guard some of the wings a little bit on the outside I think definitely is helping uh, Cleveland's defensive scheme. Can yeah. I just add one more thing to Evan Mobley? No. Yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> um, the last thing that I want to say about Evan Mobley is um, that I think that Jared Allen and Evan Mobley have a very high potential of being one of the most dominant defensive like front courts that we've seen in the NBA in a, mm-hmm. in a decent amount of time because both mm-hmm. guys are really good at defense and like Jared Allen still has some kinks that he needs to work out Evan Mobley's still young he has a bunch of stuff that he needs to work out but as soon as those guys get into their primes and they will be in their primes together um that it, it could be very dangerous on Cleveland to see that uh, happen. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if people were starting to compare Jared Allen and Evan Mobley in a couple of years to like Rudy Gobert type uh, mm-hmm. defensive play because the, those guys down low are they going were, to be very very hard to get past. They yeah. were, I mean, they're both they they're both averaging a block a game right exactly. now. Yeah. So. They were what what Demarcus Cousins AD was supposed to be on the right defense. exactly. So I'm gonna like just a little history thing, but like remember the times when AD and when Cousins got like signed to the Pelicans they really mm-hmm. want to make like a big court like a big front duo didn't really happen because they have two different completely different play styles and it didn't seem to mesh mm-hmm. that's why DeMarcus Cousins is on the downward trend that he was so that's that's the start honestly where DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins had the downfall I do, think do we have a little bit of time for a quick story that I no have? save, <laughs> for, save <laughs> okay. it for next week we'll Fine. save it for next week when it comes to DeMarcus Cousins but the we'll next guy a, we'll do a little story time the next guy I really want to talk about because he is on my fantasy team Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes, baby. Off the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Man's been playing out of his mind. I watched him uh, both times when the Raptors played the Celtics. He's an amazing player. Everyone was, like, crapping on him for getting, like, crapping on the Raptors for drafting him fourth. But honestly, for what they're looking for, like, the place, like, the scheme and everything that Raptor, the Raptors are implementing this year, Scotty Barnes is the perfect player for that. He's basically Kawhi who can't shoot threes, essentially. Amazing defender, amazing playmaker. It's high praise. Uh, yeah. I'm praising him because, like, the I surprised he's, ball, he he's balling well. out in Toronto right now. For yeah, sure. exactly. He's Absolutely. playing really well, mm-hmm. getting starting minutes as a rookie as well. I, I'm honestly surprised. And again, Sally Barnes, I didn't really think he, he. I thought he would have to take a couple of years to develop in the league when I saw him out of college, but he transitioned really well, and the Raptors are playing really well, and they 
killed us once, and we, we beat them last night, but mm-hmm. Barnes was still doing his thing. Yeah, Raptors night, right so. now, I'm pretty sure they're top five, if not top yep. defense in the league right now. So. Seven and six, yeah. Speaks to Scotty Barnes. Yeah, so Scotty Barnes definitely bringing a lot there. Um, if you guys watch him, he's really quick on his feet. I know he was guarding Harden pretty well mm-hmm. as well, and you know, I mean, he's tough to guard. Um, I mean, with the whole foul rule, that's a different story. <laughs> but uh, Harden is not an easy uh, defensive assignment, so the fact that Scotty Barnes as a rookie is able to, you know, make him pass out of a lot of his shots, um, I think definitely speaks a lot of volumes. Apparently, Scotty Barnes just locked up KD and Harden by himself, apparently. Yeah, even though both of them had about 30 points that night, so, you know, we can talk <laughs> about that. But the point is, is that, no, he definitely had some solid possessions on defense. A couple steals on him right now. He's averaging eight and a half rebounds a game. He's a big dude. Um, so I think that right now with Toronto, like you said, that's kind of just what they needed, especially yeah. after they essentially, you know, half blew up the team because they traded a lot of assets away. They traded Kyle Lowry. I know they still have Pascal Siakam. Well, yeah, but I was just going to mention that he's fleet. been sucking recently. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so yeah. no, they definitely needed Scotty Barnes to come in and kind of pick up a lot of that slack. Hey, they got him in St. Cole. I think they'll be good in the next couple of years when OG Anobi takes another step, Scotty Barnes takes another mm-hmm. step. Pascal Siakam hopefully will get back to his 2018, 2019 yeah, self. <laughs> when he does, when he does, I think they're serious playoff contenders when when Pascal Siakam gets back to being the way he was. Yeah, that's all I mean, to say about the Raptors, but I, this, I, I this would, is not a Raptor segment. This is a yeah. I, I, I wanted to ask if you guys really thought that Pascal was going to be able to get back on that, but that's that's no. a conversation for another day. Exactly. Um, so now we're going to talk about some rookies who have kind of surprised a little bit. Yeah. Um, someone, you know, a couple guys who maybe not have expected to be as hot as they are right now but uh the first guy i wanted to talk about was josh giddy uh josh giddy right now not the best scorer right now a little lackluster you know only shooting 39 percent from the field but Mm -hmm. six boards a game six assists a game six assists a game for me like seeing a rookie get six assists a game is really a good sign to know that he has good vision he has good basketball iq Mm -hmm. and i mean that's not really something that you lose you know, you can only really kind of improve upon that. Yeah. So if he improves his shooting a little bit and his scoring ability, this guy is going to be incredible. And I yeah. think that the tandem that they're trying to work out with, if they have Shea uh, as well as um, uh, Lou Dort uh, and now Josh Giddy, I think that the Oklahoma City Thunder also, like the Rockets, they have a, a nice young core right now. And I mm. think that if they can develop them, they're going to be problems as well. Yeah, I think the only thing that concerns me for Josh Giddy a little bit is um, – his inconsistent shooting and mm-hmm. efficiency. Um, I think that, uh, you know, obviously that, those are things that he can clearly work on uh, quite easily with uh, a bunch of his player coaches um, for OKC. But um, I do think that, you know, that that is something to note. Um, and it could be a detriment to him later on in his career if he doesn't get working on it soon. Because we've seen an example of that in – in Philadelphia, if you don't work on your shot, right? So, yeah, exactly. Kind of what you want to mirror. So you uh, don't want to mirror. Crunch. Yeah. So so Josh uh, Giddy needs to get working on his shooting a little bit. Um, I mean, right now he's just averaging a little bit under ten points. Um, if he bumps that number, those numbers up a little bit, then uh, he could probably be a rookie of the year contender um, if he isn't already. But um, you know, I, I think that he would definitely be a more locked in spot for that kind of title if he did. 
improve his shooting because mm-hmm. right now what what is he shooting a little under 40 percent from the yeah, field 39 percent yeah. from the field and i'm pretty sure it's like somewhere around 25 from three yeah so definitely very inefficient shooting yeah. right now as an nba player you gotta shoot a little bit better than that but um not not the worst thing to have mm-hmm. in your game it's definitely something that is fixable um, and i think as a rookie that's one of the best issues I to agree. have I agree. you know like if you're gonna have a rookie the one issue that you probably want them to have is inconsistent <laughs> shooting because yeah. that just takes time yeah. you know yeah. especially he's getting used to the league now so he just needs a little bit of time i think definitely it's going to work out for him yeah. um but for me it's definitely the playmaking i think the fact that he has already really good playmaking skills is just going to translate uh across the board okay. for and the next couple of years for them sure. yeah speaking of a guy who's transitioned really well shooting wise and a guy i want to talk about personally chris, du- uh, chris duarte mm-hmm. who plays for the duarte. pacers Dort? I thought it was Dorte. No, the East Island. Oh, interesting. I heard a lot whatever of Chris the guy, that guy, that guy, that whatever guy, his name that is. That guy, whatever <laughs> his name is. Chris Dort, Chris Dorte. People say it both ways. But Chris Dort, shooting 40% from three, transitioned really well as a spot shooter, basically, for the, for the Pacers. And considering Malcolm Brogdon's out, he's been getting a lot of starting minutes. True. So mm. I, think I think that's he, why he's gotten a nice chance to shine. Yeah. Just because Malcolm Brogdon's out right now. So I just wanted to quickly note him. I didn't really want to talk, go in depth to him because I haven't watched many Pacers game. But uh, any highlights I see with Chris Dwart, uh, Chris Dwart, mm-hmm. amazing to see him. Like, just his <laughs> movement around the court and his shooting are all yeah. the, the two I highlights. Mean, he's a very deadly three-point shooter later on in his career. Absolutely. Yes. And right now, I mean, like you said, he's shooting 40% on five uh, 5.8 attempts a game. That's so a almost, almost a six lot. attempts as a rookie. I mean, he's 24, but he's still a rookie, and he's shooting 40% mm-hmm. on six attempts. That mm-hmm. This guy's going to be a dead-eye shooter. And he was praised for shooting out of the draft, so, and he's showing it in the league right mm-hmm. now. So that's, Absolutely. All, I, that's all I wanted to highlight. The next mm-hmm. guy we should definitely go a little bit more in-depth in because he was a big surprise for us True. coming out of the league. But uh, Kate Cunningham, injured for the first part of the league, came back, played really terrible off his injury. Now starting to pick it up, so mm-hmm. I, I'm happy that he's playing yeah. back to his so potential. He's only so. got five games right now, 28 minutes a game. But for me, this shooting splits are horrendous. I'll just add one little it's thing to that. He's he's he is really abusing his green light right now for the team. Like I mm-hmm. think that right now, like he's just chucking up shots to yeah. try and get the feel of, of the game. But exactly. like that, honestly, right now that might not be the best thing for him. No, so, I, I mean say, he's shooting we, right now. He is shooting twenty eight percent from the field and twenty two from three. If we, if we were like number one draft. We were, like, yeah. we were critiquing Josh Giddy for forty percent. Look at twenty eight percent. That's completely. That is worse than. It's about it's of. about 14, 13 shots a game. You yeah, can't, so. can't do that in the NBA, man. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. That was like no, a no, surprise, a negative surprise or a bad surprise for us because I thought he would have shot better. Again, he's a bigger guy. Maybe he should abuse his size and just yeah. get his physical percentage up by making more layups and like shorter mid range shots. But that's my if opinion. He, if he was twenty five and not you know, 20 or however old he is um, coming out of college and not a rookie, like, he would probably be get sent overseas within the next couple of days. Like, yeah, yeah he's... Yeah, just, no, he would get he yeah. would get pushed to the G League. This probably. is, like, this is bad looks but, from a f- number one pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But right now, I think they're going to try to ride this out. And like I said, it's only he's only played five games. True. You know, right. so the, this is a really small sample size. These other rookies have uh, over ten games, mm-hmm. each of them. Full season, basically. You know, yeah, so, so far for all the games that they've played. Um... So, yeah, Cade Cunningham, very small sample size right now, but it is not looking good no. at the start. No. Um, especially since I know he's got 
uh, about three assists a game, and I know he was praised for his playmaking skills yeah. when he was coming out of college. And I do think that that will definitely get better. My concern mm-hmm. is that his shooting and scoring is going to be a, a <coughs> massive problem and, mm-hmm. you know, definitely could end up being another Ben Simmons-type player. Yeah, where he just doesn't want to yeah. shoot. I mean, yeah, when you're shooting 20... <laughs> that doesn't even look real. Yeah. 28% from the field. Oh, I mean, I, I hope it works out for him because I know that, you know, he is definitely supposed to be a good player. He's praised but, out of the draft, number mm-hmm, one pick. Yeah, I mean, number one pick. You know, the, the Pistons were very excited to get him. So Number one know, picks do seem to either fail or do not do that well in the first week or, or not week or two, year or two. So, mm-hmm. so really we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Um, I think also definitely a huge part of it is coming off of an injury. Yeah. We're being a little harsh on him, I think. But 28%, not great, not good optics for him. We're hammering it home. He sucks at shooting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to – I think it will work out for him hopefully. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, last team trends. Team trends. Last segment. We're going to be doing this probably throughout the season, just set, talking about teams that are either like trending upwards or trending downwards based on their performance. One again, the two teams that I'm surprised about: Golden State Warriors and the and the Wizards. Both are number one in their conference right now. Uh, we didn't expect. I didn't personally expect them both to be number one. Obviously, the uh, Wizards with eight. Wins yeah, with Wizards are a massive. Surprise. Yeah, Wizards are a massive surprise. I don't know how that's also, going. Golden State Warriors with ten wins, the most wins in the league. And playing really well with only without Clay either. Clay is still injured, mm-hmm. and they're playing this well. So, and also my last, I'm gonna I'll talk about my last upward trend before we just get into a, like a little discussion about it. But the Clippers with a six-game winning streak without Kawhi, PG still playing re- really well. So these three teams, I think uh, the commonality I see between all all these three teams is their teamwork and chemistry within all the players. True. Mm-hmm. They kind of retain. Kind of like a, a, like a system that works well with all the players they've recruited. Like, you know, you think about the Warriors with gra- like grabbing Iguodala off the free agency and stuff like that. Like, players are not that high impact, but with the system they're put in with, like, you know, Steve Kerr mm-hmm. or um, what the he- what's his name uh, for the Clippers? Uh, what's his uh, name? Ty Lue. Ty Lue. They have implemented an amazing, um, an amazing system for the players they were given. So I just want to put that out there for... I yeah, I think know. Golden State specifically, the reason why they're doing so well, obviously they have Steph Curry. Steph Curry is an amazing player. Yeah. But it we have seen where it's difficult for a team to do this well, having only one superstar necessarily. But I think that they built a team around Steph. They built a system around him. And it's just working out in his favor. He's yeah. getting open shots. Uh, I mean, he's hitting shots that it's, are not even close to being open as well. It's looking like pro, it's looking you know? like twenty sixteen Warriors, like mm-hmm. that, which is scary. Yeah. No, because they have they have a great they have a great system. There's great ball like the ball movement that they have. Watching them, it's, I mean, they're swinging it all along piece. the perimeter, and they're getting op- almost exclusively open. Celtics shots. fans would would pay to have that, <laughs> but you know what? We're not. This is not a Celtics. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think also the Wizards right now. Wizards doing exceptionally well. Um, in a conference that we thought was going to be more competitive than the West, mm. which, I mean, we still, uh, have, still yet, have yet to see. But um, right now, everyone clowns on this man. But Kyle Kuzma, not bad this season. He is not bad, okay? He is shooting 38% from three on six and a half attempts a game right mm-hmm. now. 14 points per game. All right, the man is playing 33 minutes, so a little bit more impact would be nice. All right, nine rebounds. I know you guys are not convinced, but well, the not, record speak the record speaks for itself. I I'm think. just saying, like how what like what's changed? Like look at it. Look, you're literally looking at I, his, at his mm. past seasons. What? Tell me what's different, really? Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm not no. I'm not saying that he's having a breakout season. No, I'm not saying that you are. I'm just saying. But that, like, right no now he really. went. I think I was trying to say last year that 
he was on the Lakers, that was not the place for him. <clears throat> but right yeah. now, I think that his skill set is being utilized significantly more in Washington. Hold, hold, okay, hold up, I'm, hold I'm gonna, up. I want to say something before after James. Finishes. Oh, I think James has noticed something. Why the hell is Kuzma shooting under fifty percent for the free throw line? That is <laughs> what? Well, he only has two free throw attempts. No, that per is game. that is very. Why, is, interesting. why does he only have two free throws? Because that's like if you make one miss one, that's basically fifty. So like yeah, no, but like yeah, but why like is this mm, trash? no, I mean that, no, forty seven percent from the free throw line, even on only two attempts a game, that's pretty ass. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but bar- barring that, you okay, should at least be seven five. Bar- barring like, that, you know, miss okay, like, you know, barring that, I just notice that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, that that I, is definitely. I, that's, I do have a little theory I want to throw out there. Barring that, he is. I think his impact is showing on yeah. the Wizards right now. Speaking of the impact, my little theory that's been going around a lot of NBA circles on YouTube is about the Lakers either um, misevaluating talent or misusing talent. Mm-hmm. I think Cal Kuzma wasn't a bad player. You saw him like his rookie year and his second year being like a decently good player. And I think just when LeBron came in and a bunch of other stuff and like having shitty coaches like Luke Walton didn't really help him at all. And that's also why his stock dropped, and now the Wizards have him, and they know how to utilize talent with with Wes Unsell Jr. being an insane, like a good coach that he is. Because I we were a little hesitant with him in the beginning of the year or during the offseason when he got signed, but I think he's shown that he's, you know, done the best with what he's got. He's only got Beal as a superstar, so or as an All Star superstar, whatever you want to categorize him. So he's done really well with the talent he's given, mm-hmm. and I think Kyle Kuzma a great addition. For what it's worth, I don't, you know, he's not like. That's what I'm trying to say. He's not a breakout, That's what I'm trying to say. This is not a breakout season. He fits with what the Wizards need, essentially, is what I'm saying. Exactly. He's bringing what they need. I mean, he's getting rebounds, he's shooting decent. He doesn't need to be the lead scorer at all. No. He's a a role player, essentially. No, definitely not. He does not need to be, like, primary ball hander or anything like that. But which for the, what well, the Lakers tried to make him do, which did not work, even mm-hmm. with Lonzo Ball there, I think yeah. they tried to make him like a secondary ball handler, which did not work. So yeah, that's so also Kuz- Kuzma team. doing some good things for the. Again, yeah, that's why I critique right with now. the Lakers. That's where I think a lot of that, that is coming from. I think he's helping. I think he's helping the team out in some capacity. But the only thing that I do want to note, and no, it's not just because I hate Kyle Kuzma, <laughs> but um, he's still not like putting up the same numbers that he did, like, in previous seasons. Like, even on the Lakers, like, as much as people say, like, what literally just like we were talking about, like, oh, they don't know how to utilize, like, their talent and everything. Like, Kuzma still hasn't met the numbers that he has even in his second year of being in the league. I mean, he averaged 18 points, uh, was shooting more efficiently on both ends. Um, You know, I, I... like, the only thing that I will say is, yes, like, I, I do think that he's helping out the Wizards in some capacity, like I had mentioned, but um, he's, like, he's still doing worse than what he did pre- previously, so I, I just, I don't think that he's doing that well com- in comparison to well, I'm, the rest of the team, I, considering I think that at he's... least what I'm trying to say is that he, I think, as opposed to him being a fantastic player... I think that he's helping the Wizards out more than, like, I'm trying to say that he Helps the Lakers out. Good, yeah, well, yeah, yeah that yeah. for sure. But, yeah. like, he's definitely not on track to have it's a breakout useless. season. useless. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't no. think I mean, well, wait, yeah. <laughs> the way you describe him sometimes. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> but, yeah, I get, but that's just because I sound like a hater for, you yeah. know, not liking him. You know, honestly, right. well, I mean, everyone kind of I might, I might make this a Kyle Kuzma sure. segment on the YouTube. I don't know how I'm feeling, but we'll see how that goes. I mean, everyone has their opinions on Kyle Kuzma. Most of them are pretty bad. But right now I'm trying to defend this man. Yeah. Trying to defend yeah. this man and say that. But I do that agree. I do think that Wizards are, Wizards are doing some good things right now. And like I said, I mean, first in the conference, can't really argue with some numbers right there. Yeah. So downward trends. Uh, two teams, I'm surprised that they're doing terrible. Atlanta Hawks are on a five-game losing streak, and they are out 
Are they outside the? Yeah, they're outside even the playing tournament range. They're like eleventh or twelfth. They're below. Actually, they're below the Celtics right now, which is surprising uh, to say the least. Yeah, they are below the Pacers. They are thirteenth in in the West Eastern Conference. Uh, second team I want to talk about the Nuggets. Um, you know, they are what are they? They're like fifth or whatever. But the record does seem seething. Uh, I want to go into the the. I just want to do a quick thing about the Hawks. They have Trey Young. They were like the, like the what is it? The Cinderella team of last year's playoffs. Mm-hmm. I thought they would have done better this year, take another step forward, but they didn't. Um, I don't know what Nate McMillan's doing. I think it's coaching. Personally, that's just my thought. If you guys want to quickly talk about that before we go into the Nuggets, uh, I've really been watching the Hawks game, so I can't really speak to that. Um, I can say that it is definitely surprising after them going. Well, I, I mean, is it surprising? That's the thing. Where so they made it to. The conference, Eastern Conference Finals last year, and a lot of people were very surprised about it, and I know people had their doubts about if they were going to be able to repeat it. And obviously it's still early in the season, but right now um, the connection that Trey Young and John Collins have that everyone was saying is going to be like super deadly right now. I, it's just not. It's, it's, it's there. Not work, it's, it's just not it's as not working. as it was Yeah, impactful. Because no, I, I saw John Collins like right popping there. off this whole season, but I just don't know what's going on with the rest of them. Again, like, mm-hmm. I saw John Collins, like, shooting a bunch of threes and, like, actually, like, being, like, dominant in the paint. That's, like, the, everything I've seen from the, from the Hawks. So, mm-hmm. I haven't seen much from Trae Young. So, maybe Trae Young is the issue. I don't know. That's all I've seen from well, the Hawks. Actually, surprisingly, I was going to say the opposite of that, to be honest. Um, personally, I think that Trey's not the problem. I think John Collins is. And I'm the only reason why I'm saying that, and it's not really anything to do with his play, just more of the fact that John Collins – can sometimes not be a total presence on and or off the court. And the reason why I say that is Mans is an injury-prone player. Mm-hmm. He gets injured a lot. He's been injured a lot for the short amount of time that he's been in the, uh, in the NBA. And I think that affects Trey Young a little bit because he has to <laughs> – he doesn't have a lot of players, players that he can rely on and trust to ultimately help his team to get these victories. And if all of the weight is on him, I think that you know he kind of cracks under the pressure a little bit. And as great of a player as he is, I mean, he can't he can't lead every single fucking game to you know to, for them to win. So. It doesn't help that uh, they have two injury prone players of uh, DeAndre Hunter and John Collins because they're both really good players on their own merit, but. If they both keep getting injured, you can't really have them utilize, be utilized to their best yeah, potential exactly. when they're coming yeah. off injury every other week or whatever. You know, I'm over-exaggerating, but point being, coming off injury sucks, and it takes time to get, get back to like mm-hmm. full like 100% speed that you're supposed to be at. I don't know exactly the wording was there. Point being, they aren't going to play as well as they could have when they didn't get injured. So, I also want to go into the Nuggets. That's the last team I want to talk about because... Again, record can be deceiving because I'm going to list off the teams they lost to. Um, they lost to the Timberwolves, Thunder. Um, where is it? Grizzlies they lost, Yeah, they lost to the Grizzlies twice. Um, so that was really concerning. They yeah. lost to the Cavaliers. That's another thing that, that was – that caught my eye. I mean, you know, the Cavs are doing really well this year. Cavs give, the, give, the, and, and give the loss to uh, to the Timberwolves a little bit more credit to the Timberwolves. That's also, yeah, that's also when Timberwolves are doing well this season, all right? They yeah. weren't. They aren't now, but they. that's when D'Lo was healthy, though. So I had to Exactly, yeah, now D'Lo, D'Lo, D'Lo is out. I mean, they started – They. I know the Timberwolves started their season 3-1, and one, and now I now think – Now they're in a six-losing streak. Six, yeah, so like, they're, streak, they're, so. they're down bad right now, for yeah, sure. I think the one – 
<laughs> yeah, well, Cat does suck. Like, I don't know what... I mean, did you guys see his buzzer beater uh, sending yeah, overtime? Like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. But pretty much other than that, I don't know. The, man is, the man's kind of soft. It just doesn't help that he's, like, defensive liability when Cat's, it comes to a big man. Cat's a good player, but... He reminds me a lot of Andre Drummond, where he's not very much improving. He's the opposite of Andre Drummond. He's the offensive version of Andre. Well, Drummond. yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, but based off of career oh, growth, yeah. oh like, growth, yeah, very very similar, stagnant. Um, like Ben Simmons, also, yeah, very, yeah, very, very stagnant little, for most very of the career. Yeah. Um, however, I do think that whenever D'Lo comes onto the court, he gets a lot more involved. In I, yeah, because well, also I think, I think, think a lot of each time, other really yeah. well. Well, a lot of the times also you'll see that. Cat demands a lot of defensive attention, and you know, I mean, he's not the best shooter. So, um, you know, I mean, once they, you know, kind of crowd him around in the yeah. paint, if he doesn't back them down, then he doesn't really have a whole lot to do. Quick so, criticism of the Timberwolves. Um, before we move on, yeah. Before we not, move on, that's not too much. I don't want to yeah. really want to talk about him. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Um, but yeah, just a quick thing. Um, both Cat and D'Lo are very low-motor players, so I think that the Timberwolves are really trying to figure out how they can kind of... Um, Cat's actually having a good season. Yeah, how actually have a good season with can, with keeping that kind of low-energy play because, you know, they're obviously D'Lo and, and Cat aren't really going to change their play style for the team. Um, and so I think that, you know... With barring that, I think that they need to work that out first before yeah. they can advance better in to hopefully making a playoff run. But yeah, um, continuing last, on. Last thing, because uh, you did bring it up, that low low energy or low motor players. Yeah. That's why they bought they brought on Patrick Beverly, high energy, high <laughs> high high motor player. Definitely can be a menace on the court. Absolutely. So that's the last thing I wanted to say. That's probably why they brought him on. I didn't yeah. know why they signed Pat Pat, but now I'm seeing it with what you just said. Yeah. So mm-hmm. with the Nuggets. I yeah, mean, back to the Nuggets. Back to the Nuggets because I had one point I want to talk about. is that MPJ's not playing as well as he was. And, they are and he's, used, they he's are out with a back injury right now. They're not well, utilizing a pick, the pick and roll mm-hmm. with him, which again. is what they should have. They were doing the whole playoff run. They were you know, smoking everybody with that, that pick and roll because they are two big players that can move really well. And they don't seem to be doing that because MPJ is averaging less than 10 points a game, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to double I'm gonna check. My, yep, he's 9.9 points. So basically 10 points a game. And it doesn't help that Jamal Murray's out, but I think that's also the main cause that MPJ is not playing to what he was last season, which is probably why the Nuggets aren't playing as well. They should be like the second or third best team in the West, honestly, in my opinion, if they were playing that, if he was playing well. Yeah, no, it's, it's bad. Um, yeah. yeah, so right now he's out with a back injury once again. Yeah. Um, and even before that, I mean, he was playing about 30 minutes a game. On the nine games that he started, I mean, he does not have good shooting splits at all. Well, I think, 35% I think, from the field. He's got 20% <laughs> from three on five attempts. I'm just so gonna, like, not, I think a, one, not a good shooting season for him. I think the one thing we need to uh, – one thing that highlights everything – MPJ was averaging 19 points last season. He's averaging 9 this season. Or 10 points, essentially. 9.9, 10. So that says it all, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, also, last season, he was shooting 44% from 3 and 54% from the field. And right now, he is shooting 20% from 3. So he is out with a back injury. We'll see what happens when he comes back. But or I he do does not... recover because I like MPJ as a player. I, I like him as a player, too. And he has a good skill set to be able to be a good player. I mean, he's about 6'10", 6'9". He can shoot relatively well and he can rebound um and he's not a bad defender either so he has a skill set for it but 
I mean, these, like, again, it's, like, a similar problem with what we were talking about with Cade. If he has, like, yeah. this, if he's shooting this poorly, then it's not going to go well for him, and he yeah. needs to improve on this when he All comes right. back. And maybe stop being so injury-prone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we say that like, to every injury-prone no, I know. I mean, it's like, I know he has, like, back problems that, like, I think they had surgeries on it, and yeah. it just, like, yeah. didn't work or something. So, no. honestly, <laughs> it might be, a, might be a tragic story uh, yeah. for MPJ. But... Hopefully, he'll come back and then have a good season. Because I like yeah. him. I want to see him do well. Yeah. But, yeah, that's all I have for the team trends. Hopefully, in the next, we'll see some different teams in the later later in the season. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's really it. Uh, mm-hmm. Y'all let me closing comments for me. Uh, yeah, season. no, I think that that's about it. All right. Remember to subscribe on YouTube and drop a like and a comment, whatever you want to comment. You know, maybe segment ideas. What you liked and didn't like, segment-wise. Um, so of course, shoot us a shoot us a DM on Instagram. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. We actually got no. one this week. Surprisingly, <laughs> I, honestly, I love you. I love you. But yeah, yeah who, uh, oh, whoever you are, I know. Let's not say names. Yeah, all right, love fair you. enough. Fair enough. Leave a five-star review yeah. on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe Appreciate if you're on, on Spotify. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace.